So welcome to everybody to another episode of Podium Stories. Today I have a really special guest in the in the building. In the building, meaning we're really separated, and we're in two different parts of the world. Yeah, um, yeah his name's Sebastian. Sebastian sold his first agency, Rooster, to have us worldwide. He then started and is the CEO of Anchor, a creative and production agency for clients around the globe based in NYC. Within three years, Anchor expanded from one to multiple locations in now, now North and South America and was named the 16th fastest growing company in 2019 by Inc. Magazine. After this boring intro that I created, today we're going to talk about media, growing, running and selling an agency and leadership as a CEO. Sebastian, again, thank you so much for being here, man. Marty, thank you so much for having me. I, I really appreciate it and I was very impressed with, um, with your your kind of outbound outreach to me. Um, so uh, thank you, number one. And two, uh, I hope you're doing safe, um, hold up, and uh, I hope to hug you one day. Yeah, absolutely. When he says nice outbound, what he really means it's creepy because I sent him a video <laughs> with, <laughs> with no notice, a cool video, but whatever. So one of the things that I saw when I was doing a bit of research on you, Sebastian, was one sentence that you wrote. I started my first company, Rooster, in 2010 after becoming apathetic to the way the advertising industry worked. And I was wondering if you could expand on that and what you meant by that. Sure, yeah. So, so let's see, I, I've, I've um, you know, um, not... Not not the youngest man. Hopefully, I look like a young man. Um, but I've, I've I've been in this industry for a while. I started in advertising as a junior copywriter, coming from an internship with a story agency called Kirschenbaum Bonner Partners, which is no longer alive, um, unfortunately. I think now it's called Forsman Bodenfors, a Swedish agency. It was also fantastic, but um, you know, say la vie, um, and you know. In 2000, I guess, almost 20 years ago, 20 years ago, um, I went into advertising as thinking about, okay, great, we're just going to create amazing stuff all the time. We get to make commercials on television and, you know, short format storytelling is great. I can, you know, try and do this stuff. And um, it, 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 it didn't turn out to be that way. And, and being a junior creative at the time, you don't get anything seen and I'm not, you know, what, what you think of as an entitled person whatsoever. And I understand that you have to work through, um, you know, many ranks in order to get the place, to get yourself seen. But I think for me, I was, I was very, uh, um, I guess ready to make stuff happen. Um, and I knew that being a junior creative wasn't going to make stuff happen. So I, made the leap, I guess, or transition over to strategy side of the business. Because I knew if you were in strategy, you were able to talk to the client more instead of being kind of cordoned into a place where they ship you out and, um, you know, present some ideas and dance, you know, monkey dance. Um, and uh, at strategy level, I said, well, I'm still not close enough to get to these clients and tell them what I really think matters, not just about an idea or an insight, but to be on a personal level. Um, so I made the weird step to go into accounts, um, but accounts is actually, from my perspective, probably one of the least heralded 
um, at least respected positions within, within the ad industry. Um, one, because you're taking everything from strategy and account plus clients right. and you don't get any glory whatsoever, but you actually do get glory because you are the one holding all the information and can actually have influence um, on a decision that is made. So great. I went from that and then I really wanted to get back into making stuff again, instead of being kind of a whisper of sorts. Um, and I, I, I grew up in a family of, of two artists, two artist parents. My mother's an artist and my father was an artist. He, he passed away last year, two years ago. Um, and my grandparents are artists and you know, what, what I was raised on was, was, was making, right? right? So while I was personally making progress and influencing people, I wasn't making the best progress in actually creating things. Um, and there's always that conundrum, right? So it's like you made progress in one part of your life, but the other you're going, what the heck is going on? Um, so I decided to get into production. So I quit my ad land job and started my own agency called Rooster in, in 2009. This was actually before Rooster was an ad agency. It was a TV production company. Um, I wanted to quit the quit the ad agency 100% and or ad world 100% and get into long format storytelling. I, you know, I'm, I'm a writer. I'm a I'm a I'm a drawer. I mm -hmm. I love to just create things, and I thought that TV was going to be one of these things. Um, luckily for me, I had success at a very early. I guess, stage in TV production and TV is, is more closed off than advertising. You need to have the right producer, the right director, the right talent, the right agent, the right manager, kind of everything. It's this weird world. Um, but thankfully advertising gave me that opportunity to at least meet some of those creators. Mm -hmm. And I cobbled together a TV show. I cobbled together an agent. I got hooked up with, um, an agent at CAA, which was through a former agency that I worked with when we ran the Obama 08 campaign um, and sold the show and sold the TV show mm -hmm. um, to Travel Channel, kind of a shitty little show or whatever. But um, I started to see the power of creating and, and actually doing storytelling. It's like, wow, all of these big people are listening to stories. Right. Longer form things, you know, like, um, and when when the TV show hits, I'm going, wow, that 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 took a little bit of time. Um, but if we apply this kind of thinking about being a little bit more rogue and vanguard about the way that we pitch stuff and it doesn't have to be so brief driven, but we pull from the guts and just choose to talk how we want to talk instead of worrying about a client firing us. And now as, again, as a business owner, and you learn this, I'm going to you know, put my foot in my mouth, but of course you need to you know, understand that because <laughs> people's lives at hand. Um, right. But, but uh, I applied that to opening uh, Rooster Worldwide, um, which was very novel at the time. It was a production company plus ad agency hybrid. Um, and we didn't take retainer work. Um, 
we didn't, uh, you know, really base anything off of cool. We have deep strategists and stuff like that. It was all about how can we be funny in the age of the internet? <laughs> you know, to be honest, it's, it's, it's shooting from the hip and trusting your gut. And, you know, a lot of clients gravitated towards that. This was, you know, not the dawn of the internet, but mm-hmm. it was the dawn of the social age, yeah. right? Where stuff was being shown and, uh, you know, something would go viral immediately. And if you get, you know, if anybody back then understood Reddit, you understood the internet. It's like right. I mean, now more than ever before, you know, uh, Alibaba or whomever bought them up for $250 million. But anyway, it's, 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 you can edit that. So, yeah, sorry. It's really interesting how you played on, on that hybrid um, scheme, right, as, as an agency. And I'm guessing that's one of the reasons that you guys got a lot of success early on. And but there's one point that you decide to sell, and one yeah. of the things that I read is that you left uh, the deal a bit early and left some money on the table. Yeah, so it, I, it, it was it, it was it was an amazing ride to start to start this company from scratch. My 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 newly newlywed wife with me. Um, I I left a relatively cushy agency job and left kind of the TV side of the business as well and said you know what i'm going whole hog i'm going to start this company um i would go to the ymca every day uh which was a very cheap gym membership right uh, pretend to work out and um, <laughs> it would just be a thinking place for me to get away from my home yeah very apropos right now for you know these times but um yeah it, it, it was it, it was a slow burn but 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 the people who decided to join me along the journey in the first three years of starting the business from 2010, 2010 to uh, 2013 were, were weirdos, right? Like I couldn't pick from the pool of big agency talent. Um, you know, I, I, I don't have, I don't have a fucking, you know, a massive black card and a line of credit to allow people to come on and let's just fund this thing on a, on a women of thing. Yeah. These people came and they trusted me with their lives, essentially, to say that what we believe in is great creative and doing it our way. Um, and we were successful. Um, and then, you know, it became hard. We, 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 we grew to, you know, around 35 people or so. And, you know, we we're starting to look at bigger salaries and bigger office space. and um, you know, all of the major holding companies, everybody from NBC to, you know, IPG to Omnicom to fucking you name them, all of them, um, uh, came and knocking at the door saying, we want a little bit of your magic. Like, right. You guys are, uh, by the way, never, never trust if you're going to sell, if you're in the agency world, never trust a, a, holding company exec who says you guys are like the speedboat and we're like the big old kind of shit that turns we want to send you off to be the speedboat the cool guys are the, the fucking bullshit because that's what they sold me on that's what they sold me on they're lying yeah and and and, and listen listen I, I i wanted to give my employees who were my best friends in the world a a 
a better life. We, we, we didn't have insurance. Um, you know, they were again, you know, by, by the bootstraps saying this is the greatest place I've ever been. Hopefully they were, right. and they came to work every day and they came early and, you know, we left late and we all hung out together as a family. Um, and I wanted to give them more. And, um, you know, uh, one of my dear friends, Colleen DeCourcy, who is now the global CCO of uh, Widener Kennedy, was at um, Havas at the time, uh, running her own little shop, and we formulated a scheme uh, where we, Rooster, would be the content agency, content agency to populate essentially all of Havas's locations worldwide. Um, Colleen's company, Socialistic, which is a social agency, would the social agency worldwide and uh, cake which was an event agency based out of the uk would be the event agency populated worldwide and we would create our own micro network right that sounds great makes sense classic starting bootstrapping from an apartment in the east village in new york city to becoming a global agency with some of your you know your icons um fantastic Signed the deal, uh, got a little money on the table, was able to squander it all away in an apartment in New York City. Um, but the best best investment <laughs> you can do is real estate in New York City, although I don't know about after COVID. Um, right. But back then. Yeah, exactly. Back then, it was great. Um, and, and yeah, about six months in, um, you know, quarterly, uh, quarterly finance meetings became weekly finance meetings, uh, projections, uh, and forecasts became, this needs to be reality, but we will slash your business by, or your company, meaning, you know, holding company, mm -hmm. um, by 50%, but you still need to hit the numbers. Like, like that, 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 that type of thinking just, just doesn't work. Um, right. to me, it was, it was pretty clear that, they had purchased us to take us out of the game um, instead of to be a partner. Um, and, you know, good on them. Um, I, was, I was a young boy uh, trying to be, uh, I guess, I guess, you know, one, seeing an opportune time to, to grow the company, but two, going, wow, this is actually going to work. It doesn't work that way. It doesn't work that way. And, 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 in the corporate world, and and if I was to be the leader of the free world, it would not work that way. <laughs> um, but yeah, so so we had a five five year or, or three year earn out deal. Um, Eighteen months in, you know, was set to make a substantial amount of cash if I was even to just stay in it for that long. Mm -hmm. um, however, uh, seeing my compatriot. Um, you know, being slashed by, you know, the powers of B from the holding company. I, 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 I just couldn't, I couldn't take it anymore. And, right. um, you know, that meant for me, um, having to take money off the table as well as all of my partners as well to take money off the table, but also to take myself out of the game, um, in, in, in taking, in taking a deal, um, where you quit a three-year earnout deal, you have to, if you're a good negotiator, you will get down to one year non-compete, um, meaning you can't work at all. Yeah, yeah. Um, they had that. They had that. You know, crazily within our within our you know kind of exit 
exit package. Um, um, and yeah, so I didn't work for a year, although I did. Um, <laughs> well, I did that part out as well. <laughs> exactly, exactly. Uh, um, no, you put that shit in there. I don't give a fuck. Um, and and uh, yeah, and during that time, it's like, okay, what 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 were we missing? What were we missing? But, you know, in the time period that I left Rooster, you know, quit Havas worldwide. What were we missing? Um, I know what we were missing. Actually, what we were missing was strategy in media, right? Right. So how not? Why not take the same model of of the old ad industry, right? So it's like there's there's always three different categories, right? There's your ad agency. There's uh, there's your your media agency. That should be in the middle. Your media agency right in the middle. And then, then there's the production company that's a thumbs up. <laughs> um, uh, and there's fees in between each one of these things and none of them talk to each other, right? Right. Like it's like a handoff from here to here to here and it's lost in translation all between, especially the fucking media agency. They never talk. They just are looking out for their own cash and they never share anything with anybody else. Why the fuck couldn't we be the media agency? Why the fuck couldn't we be the production company? Why the fuck couldn't we be the advertising agency with true strategies, true strategic chops, and great insights and fucking ideas? So I found my brothers and sisters in arms who uh, half of them came from Rooster, were able to hire them back, um, you know, on a hope and a dream, and then found the new blood meaning my media guy um, and co-founder, David Gross, who uh, came from startup world, right? So we're entering this world now where it's not about, you know, CPC and CPM or fucking, you know, the, the CTR and I guess that still exists. I don't know why, but he was more about ROAS, you know, return on ad spend and fucking CAC, customer acquisition costs, and CAC to LTV, meaning lifetime value of a customer because it's like we're in the age of the startup now, right? Yeah, the numbers don't matter. Numbers don't, like, those are the numbers that fucking matter, right? Exactly. Those are the numbers that matter. It's not about anything else but that. It's like yeah. ROAS, CAC to LTV, and CAC. That's it. And how do we get all that shit down? How do we get, well, up on ROAS and the other shit down? Right. That's it. Um, so it's like it, it was it was fascinating to me that a lot of these, some of them, but a lot of these big brands, Fortune 500 brands had no idea about this. So it clicked in my brain. I'm going, wait, so that means that none of the agencies or media agencies know this or maybe they do, but aren't telling their fucking clients that this is what really matters. Instead of this house that they built, we're living in a new fucking world. So what the fuck? <laughs> um, that's why. That's why. That's why people like UM hate me. By the way, um, you know. Yeah. I feel. <laughs> but, I understand why. <laughs> yeah, but you're going. Come on, motherfuckers. Um, let's 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 get the shit started and let's actually make some difference. Like, I'm an entrepreneur. You're an entrepreneur. Oh, this is my daughter, okay. baby. Thank you, thank you. Yeah. No worries. Hey, my phone. Uh, she's she's grabbing the cat. Yeah. yeah. She's excited about it. I can tell. She, 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 she's also pretending she's a cheerleader. 
Um, but, but yeah, so, so, so it, 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 was, it was a slow build. It, it, was, it was a slow build and, it, and it, was, it, was, it was hard to talk to people because this was a new thing, right? And, and, and you can track it back, by the way. I did an article in Fast Company, um, which, which I'll send you as a follow-up, but I coined the fucking term data-driven creative in 2012 or 11. <laughs> Everybody thinks that's their shit. And I said in Fast Company Magazine, in print, I said, this is mine and I'm using it. Thank you very much. It's on the uh, records. You can track it back. fucking record. You can track <laughs> it back. Um, but, 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 but truly, that, that, that was what it was, right? So it's like, you can listen, you can finish it. Absolutely. Um, yeah. So, sorry, go ahead, Marty. No, no, you're good. Um, so actually, the last... I, Love to ask you a thousand more questions, and maybe we have to do part two either in a podcast or over beers in, yeah, yeah, in the States. Yeah. But um, really quickly, and just to let you go, um, in 60 seconds or 30 seconds, I, I read um, a part of an article that you wrote. I'll read to you. I don't come from money, the exact opposite, actually. A single mother and starving artist with two kids. And I want to ask you, how has that shaped you as a leader and as a business owner? I come from the same background. Um, yeah. Single mother, my dad's still around, but I grew up with my mom um, in a small apartment in, in near Barcelona, and I know that has shaped me a lot. So I want to ask you, what has, how has that affected you as a business owner? Yeah, man, it's 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 done everything to me, and and and, and I know, I, I, you know, it's nothing to put down anybody who's had a nuclear family, and and that's and that's what that's what I am trying to do now is keep my family together with my children and all that type of stuff, but. I, 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 I would not have wished anything else but that upon me. Um, my, my dad, again, he's dead, but uh, was a great man, he, but, but his own man, right? Yeah. Um, you know, I learned later on in life, not, not as a kid, uh, but my mother, holy shit, that woman hustled her ass off, hustled her fucking ass off. Um, and she would never take no for an answer. I mean, I mean, she 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 had a job before she become a a successful artist now, mm-hmm. um, and selling her work. But I remember I remember um, her doing jobs as f- fixing paint paint on rugs just like these on Persian rugs. Right. right? She 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 would take any job that she could in order to make sure that she supported us in what we wanted to do in life. Um, I also think that, you know, she, she never thought of, of money as a means to an, an end, right? It, it, it was a means to an experience. Um, we were always broke. We had 14 different homes in, in one state in the course of seven years for Christ's sake, because the rent started getting too high and we kept on moving. But, she still somehow found a way to bring us to Europe as children because she wanted to have those experiences for us, you know, um, that, that, that is, that is credit that I will give to my mother until the day that I die. Um, and hopefully I die before she does because her presence brings, I don't know, man, more, more joy to me, more joy, more joy to the the world and if we have more people caring about experience than money 
then that is going to make the world much more beautiful, richer, fuller place. And I don't mean rich in terms of money, but rich in terms of just filling your, your body with joy, man. It's, uh, seems like we were raised by the same mother. My, my mother did the same thing. We lived really? at my grandma's house for years until she saved enough to like get her own apartment. And, and we used all our money into like flights to London, to Italy, exactly. to these places, because there was experience. It was not, let me get you an iPhone or let me get you something like physical. Let me share something with you. Time it, and experience. It's, 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 I, 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 I don't think I'm as good as my mother at doing it, but, but fucking A, it's important, man. And, and, and yeah, man, God bless your mom, Marty. What, 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 what is her name? Anna. Anna? Yeah. Yeah. Uh, God bless Anna, man. She, 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 she sounds, she sounds like a fantastic woman. It, it, it's true when, when, when you're young and impressionable and if you can see something beyond just the walls or a screen or something like that, it gives you the impetus to go further. Right. It's like, I want, I want that. I want to see that every day. I would right. like to experience this. I want to smell that. I want to taste this weird sure. gelato. You know, it's, it showed it's that like, the world yeah. was bigger than, than my city. And that's one of the reasons why then I'm up to the stage at 17 or why, um, you knew fucking basketball and became a fucking D2 player. You son of a bitch. <laughs> But, but yeah, but I appreciate all the mothers in the world. Um, oh, yeah. You guys are doing an amazing job and we really appreciate you. Yeah. Sebastian, I know you're going to go. I, I know you're busy. Um, just again, thank you so much for being here. If somebody wants to reach out to you, they have the Anchor Worldwide website, right? And Yes, yeah, yeah. It's, it's, uh, it's anchorww.com. Um, it's very confusing, but you know, it's the URL that we have. Um, so check it out. Uh, hopefully the website's not broken. <laughs> if it is, hit me up. And if you're somebody who can fix it, I'd love your expertise as well. <laughs> and if you're listening, thank you so much for, for listening or watching on YouTube. Uh, if you want, subscribe or share. If you don't, I don't really give a fuck. Uh, yeah. I appreciate you. See you guys next episode.